Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA Kit by Endocana Health. I did this years ago, and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, endo-aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, EndoDNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Effica Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Effica Unwind, created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formulation of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget, promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's time. We had a hard time. Together. Together. Welcome to Casually Baked, where we serve up hot and fresh perspectives on wellness, agriculture, personal sovereignty, and purpose. Thanks for opening up and tuning in. I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. And thank you for joining me today, Aaron Richard. It's an honor to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me. Certainly. Aaron Richard is a trailblazing LGBT cannabis entrepreneur. He has a background spanning cannabis education, hospitality, and entertainment. He joined the cannabis scene mostly in 2018, correct? With the creation of your YouTube channel, The Gay Stoner. That's what they called me. All right. That evolved into The Weed Tube. And most recently, he has received a marijuana hospitality license in the state of Colorado and seized the opportunity to pioneer a unique concept called Cirrus Social Club. 
So Aaron, welcome to the show, and I look forward to diving in with you. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to talk more about everything with you, Joe. All right. So the thing that I want to say that I love the most about you, being in the cannabis industry for the past eight years, there's constantly a hurdle to jump every single day. Like what it takes for one business to get started, it's 10x that for a cannabis business. Whether or not we're talking about banking, social media, just correspondence in general. So the thing that I notice about you is that you always show up and you always have a smile on your face and you're always positive and you're always promoting this plant and this community in such a really beautiful way. And I don't know how you maintain that. So talk to me a little bit about your relationship with the plant and how you keep that enthusiasm. Yeah. Off the top, I would say, remember that we only share on social media what we choose to. Um, I think one day when Cirrus is finally open and successful, I have like a little video files of me throughout the past 15 months of being on this journey, just with full blown tears in my eyes, just like on the verge of giving up. So like that's, it's real. Like, and one day I will share that with the world, but I'm not putting that out yet. I'm like, I got to struggle through it by myself. Um, so the struggle is real. Like it is tough at times, but I think for me where, where it really comes from is a, lifelong since I was a little kid, I just always felt like I was going to do something worth doing with my life. And it just feels like I'm living every day, the life that I would choose to live if I could do whatever I wanted. And so that keeps me going, I guess, but it is, it's tough. I mean, there are like regulatory hurdles with having a brick and mortar business. And there are like, like you said, the social media hurdles that I've dealt with for my entire career. There are bookkeeping hurdles, you know, legal hurdles. There's, there's so many hurdles that we have to navigate. You know what you said, um, about getting paid to do exactly what you want. I call that getting paid to be myself. And that is the ultimate goal because then there's this blurred line between work and play that allows you to just keep going and just taking one step, one more step, one more step. Yeah. And I think my, my kind of life goal in, in being someone who's so present in the idea of showing up for the life that I want is remembering at the same time to like pause and be in real life too, because I am so driven by my vision that I will work tirelessly to get there. And if you work tirelessly, you're going to get tired. So it's like remembering to take a drive through the mountains with somebody you love once in a while, or watch a Harry Potter movie over Thanksgiving break, which is going to happen. So yeah, my family, we love Harry Potter too. So I'm in Denver. I couldn't be here in this town without talking to you. You're a Denver native. What does it mean to you to be able to bring Sierra Social Club to your hometown? Oh my gosh, it means the world. I have always loved Colorado and had that instilled in me so much more after living in New York City for a couple of years and living in LA for a year. Uh, when I came home, I was like, yeah, I was lucky to be born here. I'm lucky to have grown up here. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. I love the people here so much. And, you know, people want to put their names on things in a weird way like that. Like, it would be nice to leave my own little piece of myself here in Denver and, like, say that I was here. But it would also be really nice to take Cirrus, if successful, across the country and have people look at it and say, oh, that's a Colorado company. And then to have people in Colorado be proud of the fact that it's a Colorado company. 
Yeah, for sure. There's this pride, you know, that you you feel about your home state, your hometown. You know, I've just returned to Texas a year ago after being in California for eight years. And when I got back, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Texan. Like I was gone for a while, but I'm back. It feels good. But then, you know, the, the cannabis scene there doesn't match, you know, my lifestyle and personality. And I've found actually that my outspoken cannabis brand is kind of hamstringing me in some mm-hmm. ways with some of the business that I'm trying to do in the commodity hemp space and agriculture. And so I'm looking to kind of slow down casually baked and just come back to it when I have cannabis content, but try to create something completely different that doesn't have me, you know, holding a joint in my hand or a a pot leaf in the name. But, you know, that's the concession that I have to make going home and, and dealing with my own family's business and whatnot. And so I love that, that your dream is like, prime time ready to go it's like the perfect timing timing. for what you want to do yeah i agree thank you for saying that i I agree timing is you know the key indicator of success for a startup and i think we're at the perfect time but that's interesting that you say that about texas because i have a lot of friends who live in texas and they go to this through a similar path when they, they either move there or they go home and it's this thing of oh i came from this cannabis industry of this one style of existing and i'm gonna like taper back uh, what I'm sharing with the world as my brand so that I can exist more in this like hemp driven Texas space. And I think that that's so interesting that that happens. Yeah. And the Texas industry in general is a little weird for me because of the, you know, there's just a lot of synthetics and whatnot. And so people asking me for my opinion on things, I have to keep in mind okay, this is what options are available to them. Right. So what that they have access to, like I can't judge it, but what's the best thing for them? Okay, enough about Texas. Love Texas though. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to talk about this transition that you made between the weed tube and having to make that decision. This was a great idea. I've put my heart and soul into this. But I've got to pivot and do something different. Yeah. Um, I actually, I stepped away from the CEO. I, we named a successor as CEO a few months before any decisions about shutting WeedTube down were made. And there was sort of like a plan in place for what WeedTube was going to go on and do. But I wanted to step aside still as a founder, still as the majority owner of the company. But I wanted to step aside and work on what was quickly becoming Cirrus as a very successful business model that I really saw a really bright future with and needed my immediate attention. So we installed a new CEO and there were some conversations around switching branding, which was not part of the discussion. And it came to this point where we had spent $2 million on the platform so far. We had three months left of operating capital at best. And the choices in my hands were believe in the new CEO's model that was going to either make money, get views or get investment in the next 90 days because the investment partner that had been working with WeedTube wasn't going to give any more because it just wasn't, it wasn't panning out the way that all of the projections said that it would. We weren't, you know, people were kind of put off by the technology not being up to par with YouTube, you know, 
we're all big fans of going to a local new shop that opens in our area to support a local business. But when it's a local business on the internet, it's not worth our time, right? And that was kind of a big thing that we dealt with with WeedTube. So it was saying, I can give you this chance to do this in three months, big undertaking. And if not, I have to lay off all these people who have worked for me for a year or for years who I care about. Or I can say, let me take this money lay everyone off in advance, give them a great severance so that they can go build something new with their lives and be set up for better success. And it was a no brainer for me because I, even the new CEO, like, you know, taking care of her too, it wasn't anyone's fault. It just came to this head of like the investor saying, look, we have to stop spending money or get it from somewhere else. And not knowing, just making sure that the people were taken care of, that nobody got hurt first was important to me this is such a tough industry to be in. And then whenever you layer this industry on top of social media, you know, that's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I do. I like, I don't even know the word for it. I can't believe that I'm, you know, creating content again on a platform that once deleted me. And I'm hopeful that this time it will be a different end result, but WeTube was beautiful. It's, and I'm so grateful for everything. If I could go back and do it all again, I totally would, but I would not build the te- the platform the same way I would have, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, when you have to make these tough decisions for your business and you have so many other people involved like you did, I know that has to make the decisions that much harder. For me, I'm an independent contractor. I just kind of bob and weave and do whatever, and I fit in with other people's businesses and whatnot. Granted, I'm digging myself out of my own financial hole after the lockdown happened and people couldn't come into my studio. And, you know, it just completely... Disorientated. Yeah, well, and just totally killed my business model. But... I, because of what I do and because I'm a conversational journalist and I talk to a lot of people, I get to see how many people are hurting in this industry across the board. It doesn't matter what state you're in. I mean, farmers in New York and California mm-hmm. are dying right now. Yeah. So tell me, as you are in a stage of fundraising right now, what is your experience like in this current climate of the cannabis industry? Oh, that's a twofold answer. Honestly, it's tough. The investment market, you know, I'm just now coming into it. And my experience is that, oof, this is rough. And everyone's telling me, you know, oh, too bad you weren't here two years ago because you would, they would have thrown money at you. Like, so it's definitely a tough time uh, for getting investment in the industry. The, experience of doing it all has been very educational for me and I'm grateful for the whole process. Um, but we're also like a brand new thing within an industry, right? Like what Sears is trying to do hasn't really been done before. It hasn't really been proven at the scale that we're trying to prove it. So cannabis investors even are like, we don't understand. We don't get it. We don't understand you. And then you go to hospitality investors who are like, oh, I see what you're doing, but I'm not touching weed. No, thank you. That is not going to happen. So we're in this even smaller wedge of available investment that make makes it pretty tough for us, to be honest with you. Yeah, I believe that. Now, before your 
cannabis life, you were in hospitality. Yeah. So you're marrying the two businesses that you've worked in in your adult life, you know, at that intersection. So talk to me a little bit how Sirius Social Club is going to reinvent nightlife. Like talk about your mission and vision so people can kind of paint that picture in their heads. Absolutely. The mission statement for Sirius is to help humanity evolve consciously through cannabis consumption. Weed changed my life. It made me a better person. If I, I think we can all agree as cannabis consumers that if the whole world smoked a little more weed, it'd be a much better place to live. And the reason that more people aren't comfortable with cannabis and are more comfortable with substances like alcohol is simply because of perception of generations handed down because of stories that people have been told. And we just know factually that those stories are now untrue. So providing a set and setting and providing a service to to people to experience weed in a new light for, for the first time in a different way will change their mind about what cannabis is and what it means for them in their lives. That's really the goal is to that the mission statement is what it is. And the way that we get humanity to evolve consciously together is by getting the whole world seshing together. So the goal of Sears is to create an environment that anyone would feel comfortable consuming cannabis in and would have a great time. I would like to layer on top of that, the fact that this is an establishment, you know, in the cannabis space, alcohol it is not a part of this. No, not at all. And I wouldn't want it to be. A lot of people think like, oh, cause you can't, no, we can't. But I also wouldn't want to. Yeah, I agree. You don't need them both. Go have a drink after. Have the uh, amount of cannabis that we're going to be serving to the majority of our guests, which is minute. You leave after an hour and a half to two hours and you're fine. You're good to go. Like you giggled a little bit and had a great time. That's the goal. When you leave, go have a drink. Don't come in drunk. Don't show up drunk. It's going to... A lot of people who drink very frequently will, when you talk about cannabis, will be like, oh, well, it's just weed. It's like, no, weed's enough. It's enough. Yeah. You don't need the two. You can do it by itself. Yeah. And I would like to also offer that weed isn't just weed when it's not like you would take two liquors and just like randomly mix them in a glass or have the bottle together and just serve it. I mean, it's like. Oof, you should have seen me in college because <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> yeah. An amateur who didn't know what they were doing. Exactly. Like I was visiting um, someone the other day who wanted to share a couple of different cultivars with me and was just going to put them both in the same baggie. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, okay, I'm a can of sword. Like, don't yeah. be mixing my shit. Like, yeah. I need to be able to experience these separately. So, you know, for some people who don't know better. Yeah. Weed is just weed. Yeah. But th I think what I see about your brand and the way y'all are developing this is like, you know, allowing it to be an elevated, pun intended, experience where someone is feeling like, oh, okay, I'm learning something. I'm sure you will have your waiters will talk to us about what cultivar we're consuming or, you know, or it's, they're called flight attendants. Okay. I dig it. And they'll do more than just tell you about the weed. They're going to take you through a five cents experience of learning about it, touching it, tasting it, smelling it. 
and reflecting on the experience and hopefully a lot of laughter. And then we're going to serve you some delicious food on some small plates and we'll have handcrafted beverages and mocktails that look great on social media. Everything, and it's beautiful. No matter where you lay your eyes and see us, it's beautiful. We'd love to be around beautiful things. So everywhere you look, the environment's gorgeous, the vibe is good, your grandma could feel comfortable there, you would feel comfortable there, anyone would feel comfortable there. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about um, the food piece of it. Mm. I'm a foodie. You know, my concept is don't ever waste a meal. Mm. Like I'm not ever going to eat crap. So is this infused food or is this non-infused food to pair with the cannabis? It's non-infused food. We will have some forms of edible consumption. We're, we're still trying to figure out how that works best for us. But no, the food is a, comes from a cold prep kitchen and it's locally sourced meats and cheeses and other like small plates. We're not cooking anything. So we don't want to be a place for people to go to dinner like it now where we have snacks for you, munchies if you will. But instead of going to dinner and a movie, now you go to Cirrus and dinner because you're going to want more food after you leave probably. Yeah, I like that. The munchies thing or the high tea party yep. or, you know, just a a girls gathering or the pre show pre gaming to whatever you have night going out. on. Yeah. I'm excited for our reservations on a Friday night from like four to seven that like it's having a happy hour from like four to seven where it's joint consumption sounds like a lot of fun and a great group of people that I can't wait to, you know, I'm an energized stoner. So it's four o'clock. I want a coffee and some weed. You know, I've got my coffee right now and I took a little weed before we got <laughs> into this room. So that's, I'm very excited about that group. Okay. So we talked about everything being beautiful and, you know, those that are, you know, get their dopamine hits off the gram. This will be perfect for them. Mm -hmm. If you were going to describe a, a place, you know, so we can kind of paint a picture in our mind's eye, what would you compare this to? That's a really great question. I would say I want it to feel like olden times, 1920s New York City hotel restaurant lobby, but modernized and in today. So it's intimate where you've got each little seating group is kind of built around a center point like they used to do in, in New York City lobbies where you had like a fountain or a floral arrangement in the center and then everything was kind of built out around it. And that's what we've done to where like there's groupings of six for groups of six all over the main floor plan that up to 120 people. And you're never like... It's not like a restaurant where you're like right next to each other and boost. You feel like you're in your own little area, but you're still part of a whole equivalent of this vibe that's filled with piano music in the background because we've got a custom painted Steinway piano that plays itself. Sometimes there's a four piece band that goes with it. You've got the crystal chandeliers, you've got the laughter in the background, but really you have your own little area, but you're surrounded by this vibrant environment. I like that. And you know, we're all energetic beings. So you can get, in my opinion, get a little too close to other people when you're, you know, trying to be out, but have kind of an intimate thing. So I like that you kind of created those little clusters or yeah. your own private living room, if you will. We're not socialized to be high together in public as a species right now. We, we don't know how to do it. And I've had moments where I went with my partner of 14 years to a weed lounge and we've smoked weed together for 10 years, almost every day. And we got high in this weed lounge and we felt wildly uncomfortable and anxious. And there was so much that I took away from it in terms of like, 
it's a different experience to be like, I'm going to a place to sit there and get high. Like there has to be some level of attention to detail and caring for the fact that they're not ready for what happens after they hit that bag when they're in public in a public setting where you're sat there, you're, they're not ready. So how do you create an environment to catch them when they come up to the cloud that is serious? And that's kind of the goal. I like that. You know, whenever I lived in Oakland for several years, I would go over to um, the city and go into Mo Greens. Mm -hmm. And that was the smoking lounge that, you know, was easy access to me. Yeah. And you could order food and they, you could bring food in. It's kind of a, a manly vibe in there. And I read that you had said most of the lounges that you see do cater to men. Yeah. And so that's something that you're also addressing with Cirrus. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I created a vibe that I would feel comfortable in. And as a gay man, that happens to align with generally like the female gaze, you know what I mean? Of like beauty and what that looks like. I told an investor once, I was like, if I would have sent you a pitch deck for pool tables and pinball machines for twice the money, I would have raised it already. And he was like, yeah, you would have. Because the people who are currently controlling the majority of the money that is able to influence that, that's what they want. But I'm asserting that the, the market that you're catering to is, is an established market. I want a different market that you guys are incapable of talking to. And I think my market's bigger. Well, and your market's full of the decision makers. Yes. I mean, I've been in yes. sales and marketing and advertising my entire career. And women make the household decisions when it comes to these sorts of things. If you get matriarchs to love Sirius, it's over. And that's literally the goal. Like when we got the license, I called my Nana and she, who's my grandma. She won't let me call her grandma because she's too young to be a grandma. And I called her and told her about the license and she was so excited. And I said, well, will you come when we open? And she's like, of course I'll be there. And I'm like, from that moment forward, I was like, she has to feel comfortable. And it kind of shaped this whole environment of like, Hey, if I'm like tuning this so that she'll be comfortable, it makes sure that all the other people who would have any concern about it would definitely feel comfortable because she's the gold standard of impressing you know, like she's like flies first class. She's this like wonderful human being who takes care of everybody, goes to island getaways like four, five or six times a year. Like, you know, if she's going to walk into a weed lounge and be impressed by what she sees and feel comfortable in it, then I think most people would. Yes. If my grandmother's on board, I mean, my grandmothers aren't alive anymore, but yeah, because sure. they are certainly the ones that would shame you or scold you if you know, you were doing something wrong. So if you know that you've got the buy-in from that crowd, like who else is going to judge you? Exactly. <laughs> you know? And creating like, you know, a place where I have a vision of an ad in something like Vogue or Vanity Fair magazine one day where it's a full page spread of three generations of women, like 25 year old, her mother and her mother, you know, in lovely floral print dress for Cirrus, sitting in a Cirrus booth each holding a small volcano bag, laughing and enjoying their time. And the tagline is serious social club, heal generational trauma. It's like, let's have conversations that you're not having while you're drunk together. Let's, let's have a new conversation. Let's open our minds together. I like that. Yeah. Hey, music lovers, the Canamom show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin guitars 
is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com You know, I was just talking to Dr. Michelle Sexton about this trauma, like childhood trauma, generational trauma, and how this stuff just sits in our bodies Mm. and it can cause all kinds of disease and issues and how cannabis and breath work and yoga and things like this really help us feel into our bodies and move the energy around those things. And if you tried to have that conversation with somebody who was drinking alcohol, it's not going to go very far. In fact, you know, oftentimes it could end up being a fight, but the power of mama cannabis to just kind of soothe us and allow us the space to have those conversations is very real. I mean, when you said earlier, cannabis has changed you, it completely changed my life. It softened me. It has made me a, a better human being. Yeah. More people need to experience that for sure. Yeah. In terms of cannabis changing my life, I think, you know, it helped me Everybody has a story, right? We're all born into a story that we learn and then that, that we believe. And if I still believe the story that I was told today that I that I believed when I was 18 or before cannabis ever happened in my life, I would not be where I am today. And cannabis helped me learn a new story. And I think alcohol, as a child of an alcoholic parent and, you know, have have seen a lot of alcoholism, I think alcohol lets you forget the story for a minute but it doesn't erase it. And when you're sober, you still know the story. And I think so many people need to learn that the story isn't real and that they can tell a new one of whatever they want. Yes, letting go of old stories and creating new ones, absolutely. That I mean, that's the challenge of a lifetime. That is what we're here to do. So grateful for being gay and being shown at a much earlier time in my life than a lot of people figure that out. That like when you grow up with everybody telling you that there's something wrong with you, you go, um, I actually think that there's not. And I think you guys are telling me a different story than what the truth is. So I'm going to forget this story and I'm going to go learn what my story is. Yeah. And different doesn't mean wrong. It does not. And you know, and that's such a big thing in the cannabis culture, prohibition, this, this mindset, all of this bullshit that has seeped into generational education, Yeah, you know, to where if somebody's not highlighting the truth, the truth can be completely buried yep. and a lie, a, a fake story has, you know, permeated 
really our culture in the United States more than European countries because, you know, I think they've they have Amsterdam that's kind of helped them be a little bit further along in this than we are. But it's the politicians and special interest and it's all special interests who are just like, no, 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 don't listen to this truth. And that comes into the shadow banning on social media. And my favorite one now is the fact that if you want your cannabis content to be seen, you have to come up with a clever way of writing the word cannabis without actually spelling cannabis. Yep. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Why do we continue participating? It's tough. I I wonder the same thing all the time. I at this point I've decided like I I document the experience of opening Cirrus and I share that content with people because it gives me joy to do so. It and I don't have would it be nice if it did well and people followed it and enjoyed it? Yeah, that would be great. Um but I don't do it for it's like a it's a fun thing for me on the side. Like I'm so zoned in on getting Cirrus open that releasing a weekly vlog which everyone should check out. It's very fun. If you enjoy the intersection of entrepreneurship and what we find to be comedy, you'll really like it. And where can they find it? YouTube. But Aaron Richard. Okay. A-R-E-N-D. Richard. Uh, you'll see it. It's great. But yeah, the it's for me, it's just a fun... If, if, it, if I was reliant on it for my career like I was with WeedTube, oh, I wouldn't... I would destroy me. It would destroy me. And so my heart goes out to people who are reliant on it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that because, like I said, when I see your content on LinkedIn and Instagram, I haven't looked at your YouTube content since you've been back, so I'll check it out. But Check out the newer stuff. I'm just so impressed how you keep showing up and doing it, and I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy social media. I don't enjoy looking at my phone or you know coming up with these little video clips and stuff, but I'm also one person, and I can't do the thing and talk about the thing and right, shoot video what you of enjoy, myself. Right. What you enjoy is like breaking the story, talking, getting the narrative and really like pulling information out of people. And that's a very necessary thing. So it's like how it's this whole transformation that we're going through as a society right now to say, how do I utilize your strengths with my strengths and to build something that's strong? Cause you shouldn't have to do all the video things. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, and of course, you know, it's finding good collaborative partners, joining networks of people, you know, the journey of the solopreneur is a very sad one that doesn't have very happy endings. So I've learned that the hard way and, you know, now I have regrouped and, and, you know, strategically aligning myself with other people so that I don't have to go it alone. I feel that way too. And I, I do show up. I really do show up, but I have a great team of people behind me making sure that I do unless unlike it, unless it's today when I was supposed to be here three hours ago and it did slip through a crack that's you know I've never seen it slip through before but um yeah I like I, I owe a lot of gratitude to people who help me keep my social media up, people who help me in my personal life you know what I mean so I, I have a lot of help let's talk a little bit about the location of your space and then I want you to talk a little bit maybe even giving a little sales pitch in case we have any interested investors in the audience. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, the space is on Colfax and Steel, which is right between City Park where the Denver Zoo is and the Natural History Museum. It's between that area and Cherry Creek, which is a really nice shopping district and uh, the banking financial district for Denver. Um, it's 8,600 square feet. 
3,000 square feet of that are a private ballroom called the Rose Room, which can host an event of up to 70 people. We've had a lot of brides already ask if they can have their wedding receptions there, which we're so excited about. The main lounge holds 120 people. Uh, and then we have a, our cold prep kitchen and um, the bathrooms, which will be very exciting. Listen, I know we, people don't get hype about bathrooms, but we have some pretty cool bathrooms at Sierra. So just remember <laughs> that before you come and you're like, oh my God, he said the bathrooms. You'll, you'll be like, whoa. It's a beautiful space. It was built in 1939. It has a lot of natural, beautiful bones, um, like this big, beautiful vaulted barrel ceiling that's over the 5,000 square foot space that's just gorgeous, spacious. I can't wait. We're definitely going to be open by 4:20 if all the money comes in. And just between me and you, all the money might be in. I'm receiving deposits as we speak today. All right, cha-ching. It is a whole story. But um, even if this money does come through in the way that I think it's going to, I still want to raise half a million from three to five key partners who could be helpful in building the strategy of Cirrus over the next you know decade and where we could go. So that's of huge interest to me too. So if you're someone listening who has $100,000 and you'd like to be part of this you know, rocket ship that I really think is going to take off, and you're maybe willing to help with your connections, your elbow grease, your teamwork abilities. Like, you know, I, I help other people in their ventures via my team sometimes. Let me know. We'd love to have a discussion with you. I think, you know, Colorado just raised the limits of what a hospitality license can sell to parity dispensaries. So we can sell up to an ounce per person, which allots for to-go cannabis sales programs, which is incredible. We're looking at year three, $13.5 million in revenue. Um with over 30% of that being profit after tax. So it's a very lucrative plan. All the $3 million that's going into building out the building year one will be recouped within seven months in revenue. This doesn't mean everybody's gonna get paid back, it just means the business will retain that cash within seven by seven months of operation. So it's a really wonderful opportunity and we have a really beautiful 10-year plan. So talk to me about how the cannabis piece works. Do you have dispensary partners and one of them is on site? Um, how, we, we do it all. We would buy wholesale just like a dispensary would and sell it out of our own facility. That's the new license that we just got approved for two weeks ago. Okay, so is that a secondary license in addition to nope. the hospitality? So we they gave allow up the that. first. So okay. we... They let us keep the first one, the city and the state, and they said, because they were willing to work with us, and they said, you have to forfeit it when the new ones are approved. So they are since forfeited. Okay, and what is the name of the license? Retail Marijuana Hospitality and Sales. Okay. So a year ago at MJ BizCon, I talked to the proprietor of the Patterson Inn. Chris Chiari. Yes, Chris, thank you. Whenever I was coming into town, I looked on their website and I don't see any talk of the Cannabis Consumption Lounge at the Patterson Inn. Is he still doing it? Is it in the works? Is everybody having, is it just slow for everyone? You know, it's really interesting. We're actually documenting, we're making a video right now that will be up maybe around the time this podcast is. Check it out for sure. But it's about why Colorado legalized marijuana hospitality in late 2022 and we're all the way through 2023 and not a single, or sorry, 2021. It's been two years and not a single license is open and operating in the city of Denver right now. And we kind of did an investigative dive into talking to people like Chris or Dwayne from Tetra, which was the original cannabis club, talking to them and the former, former social equity navigator, Shannon Donnelly, who worked for the city about like, why aren't any of these businesses open and operating? I think in each Individual case, it's different, but the one overarching tone is 
we went from having private club licenses, which allowed for you to not be a public access business that could have cannabis to public access cannabis consumption licenses. And when you go public access in a city like Denver, there's an onslaught of, not onslaught, it's a good thing, ADA compliance that you have to comply to to get anyone into your building in the public because Denver is an accessible city. Now you have to apply to ventilation requirements per the International Code of Smoking Rooms. So it brings on this new level of challenges to make a compliant business And there was no grandfathering in for businesses like Tetra to give them an adequate amount of time to update their business, even though they had been open for five years with zero legal incidents. Zero. That's crazy statistic. No emergencies whatsoever. So there was no grace period given for them to sort of figure it out. Chris, I just met with Chris, and from what I understand now, he's going towards more of a, this lounge is only for the people who are staying in the hotel, and he's still working on getting his ventilation approved as well. So it's, it's that hurdle of the infrastructure required to be a publicly operating business. And we're talking about ventilation systems like that are in the casinos in Vegas. In Vegas, yes. Okay. Yeah. Which is what we're doing in Cirrus. And that was a bullet we had to bite. But I think it's worth it. I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, we got the price down working with the city of Denver to 380 grand. So it was originally 850. Wow. Nice going. Thank you very much. It's 8,500 square feet, and it was 850 grand. It was crazy. So one of the things that I see on your social a lot is you all of your, your pieces, everything's going to be branded. Yeah. So talk about um, the creation of your own line of glass products. Yes. So the first pieces we came out with were in collaboration with Prism Water Pipes, which are amazing bongs that come apart so you can clean them and transport them easily. We continue to work with Prism as the base of all the designs that we're doing, and I'm so grateful to everybody at Prism. That's an incredible company. We've also launched our own line of wares, which is called Seshware, and we've trademarked that name as well for all kinds of different cannabis sesh utilitarian items. The goal is like in five years to have a line that comes out at anthropology or target or something like that via mainstreaming cannabis consumption at Cirrus. You will be able to, I don't want to, I don't want to give away too much about the ordering process of cannabis. Cause I know people are really curious about it. And to be quite honest, we're just now finalizing the process and it's going to be a bit of a culture shock to people who have bought weed before. Cause we're not doing it that way but you don't buy a drink from a bar like you buy liquor at a liquor store. You know what I mean? So it's a new approach. So I don't want to give too, too much away, but all of the Seshware will be free to use. That's the Cirrus branded stuff, but we will have a premium American made glass section with like Illadelphs and Mav glass and stuff like that, that people can rent for an additional cost as well as like student glass. But yeah, even the free Seshware that you can utilize that says Cirrus on it is American made quality glass. So I like it because you walk into a regular bar or restaurant, like everything matches. Yep. That's just how it goes. And so I like that you're mirroring that experience, even though we're smoking. Yes. I'm trying to make, I'm trying to define, you know, people will be like, oh, is it like Amsterdam? Is that what you're doing? It's like, no, it's like, it's almost like defining the American sesh standard. Because Americans like things a little bigger than Europe likes. They like their buildings a little bigger. They like their tables a little bit bigger, their spaces, you know. Americans like a little bit more elegance, like a little bit more flashy in your face than Europeans like. So, and Americans really like that Europeans don't care about because they don't do tipping, service. 
Americans love service. There ain't no service in Amsterdam. You go to the counter, they give it to you, sit down, smoke it. So it's defining what the American sesh experience is. Well, is there anything that I didn't ask you about Cirrus that you think is important to point out? Hmm. No, I don't think so. You honestly, Joe, you always do such a great job and I enjoy your program and I'm just grateful to be here. You've hit the nail on the head with everything. Thanks for letting me talk about it. <laughs> for sure. Now, for those potential investors, mm -hmm. when you said you're looking for the last bit of money, people that can kind of be a part of it, are you looking for people that have experience in a specific industry or a specific background? Or do you want people that have experience with cannabis? Or is it helpful that they don't know anything about the cannabis 100 industry? 100% what I care about for anyone coming on to this team in any capacity is that they share a passion for the end goal of helping humanity evolve consciously through cannabis consumption. And if we can, if we can shake hands on that goal, we can figure anything out together. I think that's just a good litmus test for life, right? Yeah. And I think we're doing this thing uh, that's, we're not doing like, we have a business plan, right? But we're, we've kind of thrown that to the side and we're working through this model called the Lean Startup Program, where you really work on customer development and proving your concept before your doors are even open and really like testing everything out first. And I think that one of the things it forces you to do in the beginning is define your values and define how you operate as a team and define your mission. And so the whole team is really well versed on that in a way that, you know, we're just pushing forward towards these goals and we know that the right people will align in that. And it's, that's my number one piece of advice. When you really nail down to the whole team and I can say it to the whole team and I call, what are our three core values as a team or as a business, as Cirrus, we, number one, we define cannabis service. <laughs> Crystal's here next to me <laughs> listing them off. Number two, we make sure every guest has an experience. We touch all five of the senses. That's what makes an experience business. And number three, we create a comfortable and timelessly beautiful environment. And our core values as a team is how we operate together. For example, we work hard when we need to and we have fun when we can. Uh, we uh, abide by the law of karma, like we do the right thing when no one's watching. And so like having all of these things listed out as a litmus test for anyone on the team and people we work with in the future has been pivotal and it's I would recommend it to anyone amen I'm in even if your core value is like make as much money as possible and take everyone advantage of everyone fine get people that are on that train with you <laughs> those are my values but so if people want to support what you're doing follow along where do they find you on social definitely follow Cirrus on Instagram and Cirrus is spelled c-i-r-r-u-s you may have heard that word before because it's a, a cloud. It's a type of cloud in the sky. And people are always like, oh, yeah, that's what that is. It's also the highest cloud in the sky. So Sirius Social Club on Instagram. And if you want to follow me, it's Aaron, A-R-E-N-D, Richard on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. It, you follow me on TikTok if you want to see me cry about my entrepreneurial journey because that happens a lot. <laughs> that's what TikTok's for. They like to laugh at pain. We like to laugh at pain together. That's hilarious. So I, I'm not on TikTok and that's why I guess I only see you being happy and positive. Yeah, for sure. Well, they're still kind of funny because it's like me crying to the background song of a trending song. That's like a high, high hyper pop fun song. And I'm just like crying, <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny and people find it like I've, I have a little cultivated, a little group of like startup founders who are on TikTok and we all kind of like share in that misery together. But TikTok's also like a, 
it's kind of a throwaway social, like the, the average view, uh, enjoying someone, enjoying your content pipeline to following you and, and looking for you other places is like the least on TikTok. So it's not really worth it. You can get the most views, but a lot of times those views don't translate to people following you in other spaces. Whereas like YouTube, if you get a subscriber on YouTube for life, I think that's the strongest bond you can make with a follower. And then Instagram probably beneath that. Well, and as a social media expert, I appreciate that. Yeah. YouTube is tough. I used to say all the time when I had a YouTube channel, I was like, it's, it's easy to make people like you from a minute of content where you're not talking. It's really hard to get people to like you when you're talking for 15 minutes and you keep them there. Yeah, it's, it's true. Tough. Yeah. Well, and I would just upload my video podcasts to YouTube. And so they may be 40, 50 minutes and ain't nobody get to have that. Yeah. They want, give me the three minute sizzle reel lady. They do. Yeah. They do. For 12 minutes, five to 12 minutes on YouTube. <laughs> All right. I'll see what I can do. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. Crystal, thank you so much for getting him here for me. I appreciate you both very much. And, and Tia, you're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> she'll listen to this and she'll hear that. I look forward to coming back and being a guest at Sierra Social Club. This oh, is you exciting. VIP experience for you, Joe. Don't you worry. You hey. and you and all three of your friends <laughs> on me. Only three. Okay. I'm going to well, have to four cut total. some. Yeah. Four total. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Yes, it's a high time. We had a high time together. Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Jamie Humiston at PodConnects. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on Pod. Connects and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.